This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, reviewing the PFF year-end awards. That's right, Sam. Nobody's going to have any issue with our year-end awards, but they're up at pff.com. And then we announced them already on YouTube. So you guys can go watch the full show, the full explanation. But I figured, hey, why not give a quick synopsis for all of our listeners and the viewers here on YouTube? So the PFF awards, you wrote them, Sam. We'll talk about the biggest surprises, but let's get into what the awards are, some of the ones that that maybe we focus on that the uh, the NFL doesn't. Yeah, Trent Williams won everything including defensive player of the year, special teams, you know, comeback play, Trent Williams, all of it. That, that's the kind of season that Trent Williams had this year. All right. Thanks for tuning in. PFF <laughs> NFL Daily. Um, he was good. Yeah. Like, look, a lot of the awards, we replicate, obviously, the, the main ones that everybody else gives out. MVP, offensive player, defensive player, rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. But then we want to add some things, right? There are things that are missing from that suite of awards, particularly the way the NFL focuses you know, it's all quarterbacks, it's all guys with yards attached to their performances and kind of box score statistics. Let's broaden it beyond that. Let's start rewarding people that do specific things well or just award unrecognized areas. So we have an offensive lineman of the year award. We call that our Bruce Matthews Award. Bruce Matthews, you know, one of the all-time great offensive linemen to ever play in the NFL. For those of you like Austin that are, you know, 12 years old, and don't know about people that played back in the day. Um, you know, the Stevenson Award we've talked about on the, the main show a lot. It's our attempt to do what the MVP was supposed to do, which is just reward the most outstanding player, regardless of position, in the league that year and in the sport that year. So that's another one of the ones that we do that's unique. But then best pass rusher, run defender, coverage, you know, blocking, all those kinds of things. Those are all folded into our awards. So as far as the Stevenson Award goes, you mentioned it. Trent Williams won... Best run blocker, best offensive lineman, and Stevenson, and what else? And, and then offensive player of the year. Yeah. So we'll talk about both of the, the Stevenson is always like our highest graded player, especially you know above a certain snap count or whatever. It's our best player, and Trent Williams with a ninety eight plus grade this season. Never seen anything like it from an offensive lineman. That's why he gets that award. That is again the special PFF award that we said let's let's separate this from the MVP and just give it to the best player regardless of position. But then offensive player of the year, if we had a vote uh, among the 50 voters that vote for MVP and offensive player of the year, we would open them up, open it up to offensive linemen. Why not? Yeah. We can evaluate offensive linemen snap for snap like we can other positions. So we gave the offensive player of the year award to Trent Williams, even though he'll get zero votes, I think, when it comes yeah. to the 50 voters. I agree. I don't think he'll get a single vote. I doubt very many voters will even consider the idea of voting for Trent Williams. And Offensive Player of the Year is one where there's really no excuse, right? MVP, fine. I am perfectly happy to accept the idea that if you are talking about value in football, the left tackle is never going to get a vote in your most valuable player conversation. It's going to be quarterbacks. It's those kinds of positions. 
offensive player of the year, there's literally no reason other than you don't know how to evaluate him. It's easy to see that the guy that almost got 2,000 receiving yards had a really good season. It's easy to see that the guy that breaks 5,000 passing yards had a good season or that Jonathan Taylor on his quest for 2,000 rushing yards. Those are simple. There's a box score number that you can park next to him and say that guy had a great year. There's no number like that you can look at it in the box score that says Trent Williams was dominant. You actually have to watch him play and come to that conclusion yourself. And frankly, most people that are voting don't have that kind of time or inclination, so they're just not going to do it. But there's nothing, anybody doing that correctly, anybody sticking with Offensive Player of the Year as it's supposed to be, should be including or at least um, considering Trent Williams. All right, what about biggest surprises? What about guys who were on some of these lists, uh, whether they won or not, you know, even just the finalists that, that were just in the mix here, uh, that we weren't expecting early in the year. I think certainly one was Max Crosby with the Raiders just yeah. not winning anything in particular, but being a finalist for breakout player of the year, pass rusher of the year. Any other big surprises for you uh, in addition to Crosby? I mean, Micah Parsons being as dominant as he was. He won defensive rookie of the year, overall rookie of the year. He was a legitimate defensive player of the year uh, finalist. Like he eventually got pipped to that by Aaron Donald, who's now on on a run of four straight and six in the last seven. Um but like he he was a legitimate there's there's a real case that says, you know, Michael Parsons could be defensive player of the year. And for a rookie and doing it the way he did in terms of multiple positions, that's pretty staggering. The NFL playoffs are here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're kicking things off with a huge offer, counting down to Super Bowl 56. New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If the sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. It's promo code PFF this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So yeah, Parsons wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. There wasn't really much competition for him there. Offensive Rookie of the Year, we go with Jamar Chase, uh, over Mac Jones, I think he was the the top competition there as far as offensive rookie of the year goes. We also put guys like Rayshon Slater in there at tackle. I mean, Creed I, Creed Humphrey was actually the real other competition, yeah. the, the 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 best center in the league this year. But Jamar Chase, as good as offensive linemen have been, Jamar Chase has obviously been an absolute game changer for that Bengals offense. Yeah, I think in most people's eyes, that would have been a Jamar Chase versus Mac Jones competition. And then Mac Jones kind of gave it away with his play down the stretch at the same time as Jamar Chase had another giant peak of dominant play. But I do think that Rashawn Slater and um, Creed Humphrey were right there in the reckoning. Like those two guys, again, it's the same thing with the Trent Williams argument. There's not an easy number to tie to them that you can point to and sort of understand the level of performance that they were playing at relative to Jamar Chase or even Mac Jones, but you're not supposed to be able to come into the NFL and be a top 10 left tackle already. Those guys don't play that well to begin with. And from day one, Rayshon Slater has been playing really well, you know, was 
handling well enough people like Miles Garrett, who was on a defensive player of the year kind of kick this season. Um, and then Creed Humphrey has been the best center in the NFL since he started. I mean, that run blocking grade is off the charts. His pass blocking was pretty good as well. He's definitely right in the, in the conversation as well. But I think ultimately, just those games where Jamar Chase absolutely took over. And, you know, it was legitimately the difference between the Bengals making the postseason and not this year. We mended some fences as well. Bridges. Formerly burned bridges. Brought back together as we gave the Best Run Defender Award to Darius Leonard. Friend of the show. For those who have listened to uh, the PFF NFL podcast for years, we had Darius on a couple years back. We had a live show in Indianapolis. Had him on there. He was very upset, Sam. Very Mm. upset at us that he didn't make the PFF 101 a couple years ago or any of our top player lists. So... Consider the olive branch extended as we get Darius Leonard back up there. 90 run defense grade. He earned it for real. We don't just hand it out. He earned it. Incredible performance by Darius Leonard overall, but in particularly in run defense where we gave him this award. Yeah, twice the number of forced fumbles in the run game of any other linebacker. Average at the tackle was like 2.8 yards. Um, He was getting a ton of defensive stops. And, you know, the point you made on the live show is that I don't think there's anybody better right now at identifying what's happening and what's going on and what the play is, what the offense is doing before the snap and communicating that to his own defense and not just, you know, blowing up a bunch of plays himself because of that, but blowing up plays for other people to make as well. Whether or not he's the guy in the backfield making the stop, he is identifying what's going on and sort of torpedoing that play for for somebody else to make the play a lot of times. And then the old guys. You know, we kicked off the show the other night with uh, best pass blocker, Andrew Whitworth, the 40-year-old left tackle who is the, uh, we always say that Tom Brady is the Andrew Whitworth of quarterbacks, right? Did we flip that? Um, and then Tom Brady, we uh, we did give him the MVP award after I wrote that on the site last week and stated the case for Brady as the most valuable player. We did, to your dismay, actually talk value and MVP uh, with Brady edging out Aaron Rodgers in our discussion there for most valuable player Check out my writing on pff.com. I broke it all down and why the voters should also be voting for Tom Brady as the most valuable player this year. Number one in PFF war. And uh, he was the guy, the catalyst for that Bucks offense. I, uh, I hyperlinked your article in the, in, in the awards article. So, you know, get some, get some extra views in there. Ah, from thank me. you. Appreciate it. Anything else to, uh, to wrap things up as far as the awards go, Sam? No, I mean, it's impressive what those two guys are doing at that age. And I keep saying this, but we should not lose sight of that. Like, <laughs> Playing left tackle at 40, it's never been done before, literally. To, to do it and to be the best pass-blocking left tackle in the NFL at that age is crazy. And then for Tom Brady to be doing what he's doing, not just playing, not just playing well, maybe playing the best football of his career or right up there with it at 44, is just, it's silly. It's not supposed to happen. And, you know, we need to keep repeating that to ourselves because it's too easy to just sort of internalize that and accept it as, well, this is, this is the new normal now. It isn't. It's, ma- it's madness, and you need to keep sort of reminding yourself of that. That's what I was wondering, though, if new nutrition and workouts and all that stuff might keep players around a little bit longer. But I mean, it might, maybe but it didn't, it didn't do it for Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or Brett Favre or any of these other guys that didn't make it as far as 44 or in like within sight of 44. So maybe Brady's the first one and Rodgers will get there. And, you know, but Ben Roethlisberger is like clinging on to the end of his career. And he's like, what, six years younger or something crazy. Yeah, he's only 39. He's our age, you know, he's uh, he's a young pup compared to Tommy. 
Anyway, the awards, they're all over at pff.com. And then again, on YouTube, check out the PFF Award Show. First time we did it and unveiled the awards like that. So hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. It's the PFF NFL Daily.